Frank, what what is an idea worth? Let's be honest. Uh, you know, industry standard. What I, I used to hear a term ten percent. I don't know if I like that though. That sounds awfully high. What is you know, an idea worth? It's a good question. I, I often, you know, when you're you maybe are driving in a car, or you know, you're in a Lyft or an Uber, and you have some side conversation, and you're always like, "Oh man, here's like this great idea," and, and you'll never do it. That that's the thing is like if you have the ideas, you would have already done it, or else it wouldn't have been an idea, and you would have done it already, because. I've always had all these great ideas and then I don't do them. Now, some of those great ideas, I do them, but I don't tell anyone the great idea. Usually when I tell someone a great idea, I'm like, this would be cool if this existed. Hint, hint. And uh, so I think that a minimum, a great idea is worth like one and a half beers, maybe <laughs> two if it's on happy hour, two on happy mm, hour. Mm, mm. I think you're getting off cheap. I mean, the idea is worth something because it obviously sparked something. But yeah, um, I'm just sticking to it's not a percentage cut. You have to get lawyers involved if you want anything more. What are we talking about, James? This is so awkward. This is the weirdest conversation we've ever had. Well, you know, it's episode 190, which means it's lightning talk rounds, except it's not, Frank. It's not. It's not. It's not? No. What? What? Are, nope. What? 19 lightning rounds? Or I guess it'd be 18. God, programmers always off by one. 18 lightning rounds later. We're going to break with tradition? What? Yeah, I think so. Because here's what happened is last week we were recording the pod and I said, Frank, here's this awesome app. And I, I found this awesome app that I thought it did one thing. So you 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 bought it and you're like, this isn't what you told me it was going to do. And I was like, yeah, what if there was this app that did this amazing thing. And then one week later, you wrote it and shipped it. And that happened. <laughs> I did it, James. I wrote an app and I shipped an app. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. You know, I was looking at my record and it's a little embarrassing how long it's been since I released a new app. I've been doing my app updates. I've been a good little app developer, but I haven't released a new app in a while. So this is kind of a big deal for me. And yes, uh, this is all your fault or slash all your idea. And I guess it's worth at least two happy hour beers to tie a bow on that last conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's the setup, everybody, in case you are curious of what the heck these two knuckleheads are talking about. So I saw some tweets and some posts about this app that I thought enable me to log into my iTunes account and then get a bunch of information about my apps. And, and, and this would be reminiscent to uh, Google has like a Google app that you can download for the Play Store. You can get some information. And I never had anything like that on my Mac or Windows machine for iOS and my Mac applications. I always thought it'd be really cool that um, you could just have an app or some indication of like, hey, here's all of your applications. Here's like the money you're making. Here's the units. Here's like all the information about it, because going to the website is kind of the worst thing in the world. Any 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 dashboard of here are all your apps that you're selling and here's the money. You just can't figure out anything, Frank. And I said, what if that was an app? And you kind of agreed. Yeah, I totally agreed. I agreed with you so much that when you sent me that app, um, I just looked at the screenshot 
And I made so many assumptions because immediately my brain just filled in all these details of what I thought this app was showing me. Upon reflection, I went back to look at that screenshot and both of us just completely misread it. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it sparked the idea because I realized we both were excited by this idea of a refined, simple dashboard kind of app that just showed you all your apps in the app store and how the sales are going, how the downloads are going. Because all that information is presented very nicely by Apple, but it takes like 800 clicks to get through it all on that website. And there's a progress bar after every click. And it gets frustrating over time, frustrating enough that I just never actually go and just casually browse and look at my stats. Now, while I sort of teed it up for you when it came to this app idea, I never in my mind would have thought that what would have been delivered to me by anybody was what you created because it's so much more than than what I originally thought. I thought that it would just be here's a list of apps and here's a download count, but there's so much more in here. So you, Frank, I'm going to tee it up and then I'm going to let you explain it. Talk about the process because it is unlike any other app that I've seen you ship because this app is called app stat one word app stat. And it is an app about statistics and analytics and sales data for all of your iOS and Mac OS and I guess other any app in the app store. And this thing is beautiful because it is the app in which we thought was that other app plus 500 <laughs> other features, Frank. It is amazing. Please describe this amazing app and everything that it does. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm bad at elevator pitches. So bear with me, everyone. <laughs> well, I would say, I would say, don't even describe it. I would say you oh, went okay. to go build it and you could, yeah. you can describe it, but you obviously had a set of requirements in, in, in hand. So like, how did you get from me pitching an idea to now it's done? That's what I'm really curious about. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's go into story mode. I'm better at stories. So let, let's just go through the process. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we both had a vague understanding of what we wanted out of this app. So the very first thing I went to look at was what libraries are out there to go scrape data off of <laughs> Apple servers. <laughs> Because the last time I looked into the, all this stuff, that was the state of the art. You know, there was no way to access this data any other way. But lo and behold, James, Apple released an API to connect to App Store Connect data. This is all your iTunes stuff. Um, it's your builds in particular, and it's your list of apps, and it's your sales data. And they built a whole wonderful REST API around it and even talked about it at WWDC. So this was quite a, quite a revelation for me. Did you know they had an API? I, I did not know. I, they did build, uh, I mean, they had a new portal. They, they, they redid the entire portal. And I didn't even know about the WWDC, but it's as if they were egging us on to build something with said API. And that's what it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we kind of covered this in our DevOps episode when we were talking about using um, um, App Center to um, deploy apps um, uh, from all your Azure build stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we were wondering, I was wondering at least, how are they doing that? <laughs> and it turns out you can actually work with all your builds and such uh, through this API. So this actually opens up wonderful opportunities for insane build scripts, doing insane interactions with Apple. Uh, there could be a fun little library to be written here. 
Yeah, I bet Fastlane integrates with a bunch of these different APIs to scrape the data and to do uploading and a bunch of shenanigans are in and around that. And and I and I, I have to imagine there's probably some of that data in there. And and also that, you know, there are entire companies like App Annie and a bunch of other ones that do a bunch of scraping and you can register your apps and do all this stuff, but it's it, some of them you have to give them keys, some of them you don't. It's a little bit, you know, a little janky in, in some ways, but it were always like web-based and what you built was that it's not even an app. What do you call this thing, Frank? I don't know. A tool. Um, technically in um, Apple parlance, this is a status bar menu app. So your status bar are all those little icons in the upper right of your screen. It's like your Wi-Fi, your volume control, your Dropbox icon. If you have Dropbox, that area is called the status bar. <laughs> I didn't know that until I started writing this app, but that's what it's called. And um, the app kind of lives up there. And that's its whole UI is based off of that one little icon that creates a drop down menu. And it's kind of a, a menu based UI. I created my own paradigm here. <laughs> I do. I really like it And it. And it could be a desktop application, but I like that it's always just kind of up there staring at me. So you got the API. You're like, there is an API. Then what happened? Continue the said story. So what do you do when you discover an API? You read the very first section called authentication. And then... And then you move on with your life because, oh, my God. <laughs> so Apple uh, is using this authentication scheme called JWT. It's this weird JavaScript. Maybe it's like JavaScript web token or so. I have no idea what it stands for. Um, it's insane <laughs> what this little thing does. So I'm like just out of morbid curiosity because, honestly, I was about to give up at that point. I was like, oh, I hate authentication. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I went and checked all the nougats, and lo and behold, there are .NET libraries that do this JWT shenanigans, and um, I got them all, <laughs> tried them all, and it didn't work in mono, and it didn't work on Mac, because there's parts of system.cryptography, system.security.cryptography, whatever, uh, that do not work on mono, because they're crazy. And I should say, this is all because Apple chose this elliptical key encryption SHA-256 thing that, like, yeah, a lot of security encryption works in mono, but that one in particular did not, <laughs> of course. I was curious when I saw those tweets. I'm like, what is Frank doing? Because I saw some tweets about some crypto stuff. I just thought you were doing some crazy AI machine learning thing. Uh, but now this is not all starting to uh, make sense. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a long episode if, if we keep going the story mode. I'll keep trying to make it interesting. though. <laughs> uh, so I go on Twitter to complain, <laughs> because I don't know what to do here. I have a vague understanding of cryptography and how signing works, but it's vague, James. It's very vague. And so I'm just like, hey, does anyone know of any cross platform libraries that just work? And our good friend Kush, a uh, friend of the show, Kush, he writes back to me. He's like, just use this library. And I'm like, I can't just use that library because it's hard. It's complicated. <laughs> you Aww. have to know how cryptography works to Woe use that library. Me. And I don't. I don't, James. <laughs> uh, what would you do at this point? 
Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it depends on how bad I want it at this point. So if <laughs> if you really want to go for it, I guess you're going to have to either learn that library, outsource it, hire somebody or pray that there's another way to authenticate. <laughs> so um, so I'd gone through like three different .NET JWT libraries at this point. So just from their different API surfaces, I was starting to understand what the signing thing was. And I was reading web page after web page. So I decided, you know, just for my own education, I'm going to learn how this stupid authentication system works. So I sat down. I said, if this takes a day, it takes a day. I'm going to learn how to do this. Nice. And it ended up taking a few hours. And I had signed requests going out to apple and i have not been so proud of myself in a very long time <laughs> so does that mean that we have a new library called proclarum jw token <laughs> that like <laughs> handles it all for us no see the problem with jwt is it's um super configurable and so these libraries, you know, some things work, some things don't. And so I would never, ever release a JWT library. What I would say is I would release a library that says, this is JWT with elliptical key encryption using SHA-256. <laughs> you know, like that very specific scenario. <laughs> and I don't think that library would be useful to anyone except people accessing this API. <laughs> I like it though. So you got it working. Everything is good. Was that yeah. the hardest part of the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> to some degree, yes. <laughs> but now you get into the like, um, I, I've got data. So I just started working in F Sharp because I like F Sharp Interactive for just playing around with these ideas. Uh, this is where you can just select a little bit of code in the ed editor, execute it, fool around with an API. It's just a good way of fooling around with code. So that code just started to grow and grow. And I'm just like, I'm just going to build the app. <laughs> you know, I've, got, I've come this far. I had low expectations because like you, I'm just like, uh, I, I had a list of apps coming pretty quickly. So I'm like, okay, I got a list of apps. I had a list of builds coming because oddly that data was really easy to get to. Um, and I figured, you know what? Slap a UI on top of that, maybe throw in some like uh, a setting here or there, one or two settings, and call that an app. And I figured one day app, James, one day I can do it. It's it's our it's our famous one day app. One day app. I, I mean, to be honest with you, it's 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 a truly holiday hack in February. <laughs> it is. In fact, um, my actual goal I, I i realized once i decided to put a ui on it i knew i wouldn't be able to finish in a day but um i decided that i wanted to finish it by the time you got back from your trip because you are off on a trip and i wanted to surprise you with the app and be like look i wrote an app and so it, with delight i gave myself um much more time than just one day to um make a nice polished app and what happened was i just kept finding more and more data to throw into it <laughs> you know it's the classic uh feature creep app but i decided to just embrace it and make it like one of those like crazy data dashboard things where it's just like if there's data i'm gonna show it to you like here's some data here's some more data you want to know about your app here's everything about your app <laughs> it's truly if i was to summarize an elevator pitch like what is app stat it is the it is the ultimate developer app statistic and sales data on your mac like that's what it is like it is 
every everything you could possibly want to know about your apps with one click. Two clicks. Well, actually, one click and a hover. One click. Yeah. And a one hover. Click. In one, one click. click. It is technology. Every oh gosh. It is every single every single thing about your app that you could possibly want to know with one click. And and it's not even an app running on your desktop. So it's always available. It's one click away from all of your data. And and what's neat about it is you say it's a lot of data, but the funny part is it didn't I wanted more data. I came <laughs> I came to you and Darn I said, it. but I want I want this and I want this because it is a lot of data, but it's very elegantly laid out. And uh and it, it and to be honest, if you go into the portal, you're gonna have to go to a bunch of different pages. Like, how do I see my reviews? How do I see my 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 units and my dollars and my builds? Those are this one sheet, if I was to call it here's a sheet of data, is probably six different parts of the Apple website all put together in one place that I can look and see everything right away. Yeah, I was actually going to try to get that count once of how many yeah, different pages you'd have to go to for just that one screen. Because uh, I throw ratings in there too, and that's usually hard to get to. Yeah, why uh, not, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> I, mean, I want to know. <laughs> um, so it, it's fun because I was able to obsess over the UI quite a bit because it, it was a fundamentally basic app, especially in the beginning. <laughs> it grew. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a menu. I knew the main menu would be the list of all your apps. I knew when you hovered over the app, it would show you details. I knew what data I had, and it was just a matter of presenting it nicely. So it was that wonderful case of I have all this data. Well, not perfect. There's always more data you want, but I have all this data and spend a day making as pretty of a UI as you can. And uh, and I appreciate you saying it's good looking because I spent time on it and it's nice. I'm happy. <laughs> it has charts uh, on it. That was not expected. Yeah. That it has little star icons. It's color coded. There's um, pluses for like money. And, uh, if, if you don't have a positive, it's, it's not, um, which I think is really delightful. There's icons in it. The layout is, is very well done as far as the data goes. Um, there's of course stuff that I would change, but even the preferences, it's, I'm in dark, mo dark mode right now. How do I change my color? Is there like a mode dark? dark? No, you have to, you go to Apple menu, uh, preferences general. And you can choose light mode. Mm, I'm going to see what it looks like in there. Uh, yes. Because, yes. There we go. Light mode. And. Ta-da. And it's beautiful. Of course, it's beautiful. Frank made it. That makes so much sense. Uh, yeah, because I started well, I start, I started right away and I was like, well, this looks really nice and different accent colors and all the things inside of it. And of course, it it, it is a very good looking. And to me, what's cool about this is that it's this. API of all this data that's there and like, why not give it to people on demand? And uh, honestly, when I pitched you the idea, here's the funny part of it is you told me this is the app that I always wanted. Yeah, so you already knew you already knew that in your mind. It was the idea. It was it was the extra oomph of all right, fine, I'm going to do it right. And that the API is available. Yeah, it, definitely with that API. From day one that I was an iOS developer, we're going back to like 2008 or whatever, um, I used to use a Mac app that did pretty much this. It was, But it would just sit in a window. You would hit a button. It was a little bit ugly and a little bit sloppy, but it, it could get the job done and it showed you a bar graph. And 
that's I lived my life out of that app, especially in the early days when I wasn't making much money. You know, my day to day sales were bread and butter. They were important to me. Um, with success comes complacency. So I wasn't checking my graphs all the time. And that app actually became very expensive. It became a service. They wanted subscription fees. I don't even know uh, what status it's in today. So I just kind of gave up on it. But um, so from the beginning, I wanted to write my own, but then I used someone else's, then it went away. And I just never did it, you know, because Apple's websites would improve and I would tolerate the progress bars. Uh, all that's a long way of saying, yeah, this is 12 years of pent up. <laughs> I should have written this app 12 years ago, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it's really cool because the application could, I've already thought of a 5 billion different things that I could want in that little app bar area that's up top. And, and it's super duper neat. So you have the data, you, you started writing stuff in F sharp, started going to town on it. And um, then you just built it. I mean, how did it come together over the weekends? I was literally gone. And then I, I did go into work this morning and all of a sudden it was, here's how, here's this new app I just made. Here's a blog post of me announcing it. Please, please, please test this for me. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, I, I freaked out. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, how, 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 how is this? This is this human being did not sleep at all in no. the last eight days. I haven't really. My stomach's a little upset. <laughs> I should I should do some of that. Um, yeah, uh, the app actually went through um, a little bit of two phases because I had that API and I had the app doing, I think, what you and I both imagined that V1 would do. But there was data not there that I was kind of missing. So I found, um, kept digging around, digging around. And that's when I was able to finally find the store data where you could get the ratings, the prices, and things like that. So this isn't your sales report. This is more like the metadata about your app on the store. And that's when I decided, uh-oh, I have two data sources now. I have to do a little bit of re-architecting and turn this into a really for realsies app. Because up to that point, you know, I was doing all the web requests on the UI thread. You know, like it was fine, but it wasn't how you ship a for realsies real app. And so I said, uh-oh, I got to do that nasty step of refactoring to a tolerable architecture. <laughs> I hate that step. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the oh, oh, this was something that I thought I was just going to have fun with and throw it all away. And then, oh, I guess I'm actually going to ship this to the app store soon. <laughs> yeah, I can't just like, it's fine, honestly, if it's blocking the UI thread for me, I'll wait. I know what the app's doing, but I can't, you know, I can't have a public app doing that. I have a reputation to maintain. I have a podcast where I get in front of people and talk about asynchronous programming and how easy it is. And so I should be doing it myself. Uh, what was fun was I've used, because I'd already started in F sharp. I'm like, well, I'm just all in now. I'll just write the whole thing in F sharp. And, um, I used an architecture that I talk about in conferences all the time, which is this funny kind of hybrid kind of reactive architecture, which is very few lines of code, but basically gives you, um, I notify property change without all the overhead of actually sending events and all that stuff. It's just doing computations, immutability is used, all the big fancy features of F-sharp are used to make it run very smoothly. So I had that. I threw that architecture in, everything started updating off the UI thread exactly like it was supposed to be. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. All the all those conference talks I've given weren't all just BS. 
Yeah. And, and what I thought was neat about this too, is, um, is as you're, as I could probably see some of your development parts, I, I started to see that just displaying the data wasn't good enough for Frank <laughs> and, uh, Why? there needed to be some, some sort of machine learning AI esque part of this application. <laughs> Okay, I I wish it were, but it's not. I think you're referring to the projected data. Is that what mm -hmm. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, a few notes here. A few notes. Um, the main number that I personally care about in my career is income per day, per month, per year. That's how you know. I want to know my yearly, a rough estimate of what my yearly income is. Then I know. You know, it's just a projection. It's so you can plan things out. And I like my daily because that's just how my brain thinks. I think in daily numbers. Question is, um, oh gosh, um, am I showing historical data or should I show projected data? And you know what? A part of me said, don't live in the past, James. Don't do it. Kill the past. Isn't that from the, the wars of stars and all that stuff? We're supposed to kill the past. And so I said, nope, we're going to look to the future, projected data. And it's nothing fancy. I wish it were. Maybe I should. Um, certainly, there is a lot of data here for it to train on. Um, but projecting the future is a fool's errand. But in this case, um, I did some rough checks. Uh, I'm just doing a very basic, um, I calculate the average. I calculate a standard deviation, so the you know, error margins, and then just do a bunch of multiplications. The error margin is very important to me. Um, I had a professor that says um, any average without a standard deviation is a lie. Because <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you don't know. Um, the average number five could be a zero and a 10, a zero and a 10, or it could be a bunch of fives. They, they all average to five. It's kind of informationless by itself. You need to know what the error margin is, what the standard deviation is. So for every number um, where I'm using lots of data to calculate that number, I show an error margin just so that you know, hey, this app's showing you a number, but when you're doing your accounting, it could be plus or minus this quantity in for real see real life. Yeah. And 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 it's hard for, for me when I look at the sales data because my apps, I don't have very many of them where I even sell anything in. And, and like my stream timer is just a completely free application. So it's zero. The <laughs> deviation here is zero because it doesn't make any money, which is good. Uh, but it's also fascinating because you you are able to specify different amounts of data and how many days of data. And that's, of course, going to adjust it. So the more data you have, you, you know, is good unless that half of that data was in a lull. Right. So. Uh, that you can kind of play around with that and, and, and sort of, if you were making estimates over a base of data, it was very good. And for me, what's, what's nice is, yeah, I can look at this and say, oh, I, I, I may bring in 20 bucks this year, a hundred bucks or $5,000, right? Whatever it is. I don't make a lot of money on the app store, but to me, I can see my units. I can see the percentages and, and I can see what I like about it is big green numbers that show that, Hey, I actually am making some money off of this, which I think <laughs> is really cool. Like that's actually a nice thing. To, to open and see and say, oh, well, this thing actually made some money today and then pop it open, see a graph like, oh, look at that. Someone bought something and I didn't have to leave. I didn't even have to open a browser, Frank. I didn't even have to open a browser. Not one progress bar. I refuse to put a progress bar in the app. Um, I found throughout the development of this app that every feature I added was painful. 
caused me physical discomfort because it was a, a it was putting right in my face a number that I thought I knew. If you had asked me, I'd say, I'm pretty sure it's this number. But then when it's just like right in your face and it's just staring at you, you can't avoid it. And it's just when you hover over something, so you can't dodge it. There is one good thing. This whole app lives behind a menu that doesn't show you any numbers. So if you want to live in denial, you can ignore it and it won't bother you. You should buy it even if you're just going to ignore it for sure. Help me out. I, agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it's cool. Like I open it up and I have I have Meetup Manager, which I desperately need to update because it's been seven months. but that literally just blew my mind because it says that 70% of my users use an iPad, 70%. And I look at scoreboard, 80% use an iPhone, only 18 or 20% use an iPad. It's just even that, like not having to do calculations or anything like that is like so helpful. It's, it's crazy. Like when it's painful, it's like, oh, it's painful for me because I know that I have done absolutely zero work to make this be compatible or a better experience on the iPad at all. And no wonder I'm not making a lot of money off of it. <laughs> that, um, how long since the last update number that was shocking. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I got to finish this app and I know what I'm doing for the rest of the month. <laughs> no, what's, what's wow. worse, what's worse is this. Okay. Is that scoreboard, which is a great application that I hope please, I cross my finger, still works, was last updated 2.7 years ago, but there is a build from 2.3 years ago that's just sitting Ooh. there, totally valid, and just sitting there, Frank. Why is it, why is it, why is it there? I don't know. <laughs> that reminds me, there's a whole feature set of, like, triggers I want to put in. I, I had to stop myself and not do this, but I want to put in a million triggers for those, like, crazy scenarios like that. Like, hey, you have a build just waiting to be released, dummy. Go release that build. You know, just some obvious, you know, red note things like that. Um, the stars, the stars are just right there in your face. You, you, you can't run away from them. They're just, and I also put um, the number of ratings you get at what rate. So do you get a rating a day, two ratings a month, one rating a year, you know, whatever rate you get ratings. So, you know, cause I find that that ties to popularity too. And I see that. Oh no. apps with more ratings that get more ratings do better. So you gotta, you know, kind of. We've talked about this before, but bug your users a tiny bit because those ratings do help. Yeah, it's it's also like you have in, in here. It's like Meetup Manager. The application is nearly six years old. Like it just says it right there. And I, <laughs> I love I that number. I wouldn't even be able to tell you that off the top of my head, you know, and uh, this seems like it's a it's a gloating type of like, look at this amazing app that Frank built. But I think what's fascinating here is that all of this data is out there. but but and as an app developer, like I, we are app developers speaking to developers and app developers and desktop developers. And like, hopefully all of you are nerding out as much as I am just looking at my own app and being mesmerized by this data that I knew to be true, but didn't want to know what was true, but now it's staring in my face and I can't stop looking at it and being ashamed. Okay, but there's a flip side to the shame and the pain, because I think you nailed it. We all love our own apps and our own creations. And all I'm doing here is just showing you lots of data about your app. You know, I was always told um, if you're trying to like strike up a conversation with someone you don't know and you realize they have kids, ask about their kids, <laughs> like ask someone about something they love and that they love talking about it. So it's kind of the same thing with an app. Here's an app that's just going to 
tell you all about your own apps. And you better love your own apps. It's your app. <laughs> it's an app for apps. <laughs> and 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 so you you built it, you got it. Now, this is not on the App Store, but it's on something called Gumshoe. I, I wanted to talk about the distribution because this is a Mac application. And the cool part about Mac apps is they can be deployed in many, many ways. And the other app, fascinating, fascinatingly enough, was also on Gumshoe. So what was your motivation here for releasing the application in the way that you did? Yeah, um, well, number one, I actually hadn't heard of Gumshoe before. So we're going to talk a bit about that because I had a crazy experience learning that puppy. <laughs> um, but to rewind back into story mode, um, I had thought about trying to get this thing approved by Apple, but I knew the chances were a little bit slim. They don't really like dev tools of, <clears throat> excuse me, of this kind of nature. I, I've known that ever since um, that old Mac app that I've used. And so I always had this plan B of learning how to use <laughs> Gumshoe and getting things set up on there. And uh, it's been quite a learning curve for me, James, to be honest. Um, I generally don't like the idea of um, having my own, of selling apps directly. We did a whole episode. I was so proud when I got Kelka uh, into the Microsoft store because I was so happy to get it off my servers. I didn't want to have to deal with its actual distribution. Uh, but here I am again doing manual distribution. And I'm a little scared, <laughs> honestly, um, because I generally live on the app stores. But I'm also excited because I'm growing. You you have to learn how to do stuff every year, you know, do something that scares you a little bit every year. But I'm also excited because it means I'm not in a sandbox, James. I can actually do any feature I want, but um, it's a small enough app where it could actually live in a sandbox just fine. But tons of pros and cons. Where to even begin there? Yeah, it's it's it it's tricky because it, your app is not the traditional app, but also it's an app for developers, and I feel like that makes it okay not to be on the app store, and and not that average and, and non developers can't do that. I just feel like that's a better experience um, than anything, especially on Windows. Even I I firmly believe that putting your app into the app store is just a better experience. The updates are better. The installation is smoother. Just it feels better, to be honest with you. Um, but I also believe that in when you think about the app in which you are creating, who is your consumer? And this application could be very fascinating to marketing people. But I feel as though you had a very specific target market in mind, which was app developers, probably in the indie to small business scenario, right? Because once you're over a certain, once you're in a large enterprise or you're in a mid enterprise or you're a developer on a team, you're not going to have access to the sales data anyway. So this really is for someone that is uh, a one or two person operation. Uh, and, and you could go beyond that, like if you're in marketing, but I feel like those developers are going to totally be very comfortable downloading it. And it also feels sort of like indie in a way. I, I want to say like, that's the other part. It feels as though distributing something yourself is like this indie thing. I, I don't know. That's, that's sort of how I see it. Yeah, it kind of grows on you a little bit, um, I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, gosh. Yeah, I had a friend say something similar. I, they had a funny phrase. I was trying to remember it. Totally forgot it. But yeah, it's totally an indie move to use something called 
gum road what am i using gum road <laughs> and uh to release apps that way but it's it's exciting too um it's it's a little scary too i think you were a beta tester and you had to deal with some problems thank you james for being a beta tester for me you've you're solving a lot of problems that other people won't have to face but in general uh having a yeah do you want to address that thank you james thank you for being a beta tester you're welcome gum road okay. oh, why did i call it gumshoe i kept calling it gumshoe gumroad.com yeah, I almost said Gumshoe too, and you're getting me confused. Anyway, Gumroad. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a blog entry. Click the link. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. 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 Where was I going, James? I totally forgot. Um. Well, I think the cool part of Gum Road is that it's not just for selling applications, but it's also for you, you know people that are creating other things, not just applications, but almost anything. And and there's also that it's almost like that Patreon model in a way. There's the ability to do pay what you want. Like this is a easy way of doing, you know, a free app where people can donate. Like how much is this app worth to you? Like maybe it's not worth anything, but maybe it's worth 50 bucks or maybe later on you want to give some more uh, money to it. I thought that's also very neat, but it seems as though um, you're going to use it as a, a main distribution portal and and more are there other features of this thing. Yeah, um, like you said, they they cater to a lot of different industries. You can sell pretty much anything on there, I think. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But they have a few features that are nice, in particular for app developers. And they have a very uh, the, the number one uh, when you're selling an app is license keys. It's the most painful part of any of this stuff because you need a server to maintain them. Mm-hmm. You need, you know, you need to be able to do chargebacks and lose access to that license key, you know, stuff like that. It's all nasty. I've written that code a couple times in my life and I never want to write it ever again. And so uh, Gumroad uh, supports all that for you. Uh, it's as simple as a checkbox you click. So every order that comes in gets a license key. You can do a simple um, API hit against their servers to validate that key. And life is good. Uh, if you upload an additional build, um, like you, you update the app, it'll recognize that and say, hey, do you want to send an email to everyone who's purchased that app, notifying them of the update? So there, you have a very simple system for updates. I really like that simplicity of all that. Yeah, that's a way nicer than one, having to roll anything yourself and also having to collect people's data. Yeah, uh, don't want to do that. Information. <laughs> yeah, don't want it. I remember when I bought uh, Calca uh, for windows yeah i think i just yes. paypal'd you money and i got a no. dropbox link it was stripe it, it was a proper payment processor <laughs> okay but okay. um it wasn't as nicely integrated as all this um with the license keys it, uh, honestly those are that's such a huge feature that really just makes app development possible and then notifying those users um i hate writing email software because everyone blocks everything I'd much rather a service have to deal with that and people unsubscribing and all that kind of stuff. All of that. Um, but, you know, uh, developers are good for something else, too. Um, if you sell in Apple's App Store, you have kind of a little bit of a baked-in audience of people just browsing around and buying your apps. If you release an app and your app is at all any good or serves a purpose in a good market or at least a big market, 
you'll start just getting downloads immediately, right? You experience that yeah. all the time, right? Tons of yeah, downloads. pretty much. Immediately, just make tons of money, just basically rich. Yeah, day one, you're like, retired, one app and I'm out. <laughs> um, but uh, you're not going to get that when you um, do an, uh, an app off onto a different store. You don't have that built-in uh, group. And so, James, the onerous is on me to actually promote this app. I have to do proper marketing, the thing that I hate to do the most in the world. I'd much rather write help documentation. I'd much rather fix Git branching issues <laughs> than promote my apps. But here it is. I have to do it. But the good thing about developers, I'm finally getting to my point, is that they all hang out on Twitter and Reddit. So at least I only have to advertise there. <laughs> Well, I think that's the funny part is how I found the other app and was intrigued by this was from Twitter. Like I literally saw it on Twitter. Yeah. And my imagination here is you can you could easily enable people to share a link, right? Imagine in the application, you just have a share button. I'm giving you free app ideas, Frank. You like share with a friend, right? You like someone else has it. like put that window in there that just literally opens the app store and then creates a little message for them or tweets it out or does something, you know, and if people are liking it, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna share it. I think that's the cool part is that this, this application or the type of application that you built resonates with developers. And in fact, I would almost be scared to put it into the app store. And I'll tell you why is because, um, just looking at app stat and my apps that are in there, there's a big um, star rating there. And if people were to give you money and then it's not what they think, they're either going <laughs> to return it or give you a one star rating. So that's almost like a positive in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, unfortunately, there is a star rating on Gumroad. I think, unfortunately. True. Yeah. So, But uh, everyone, give me five stars. Everyone, <laughs> if you're an app developer, you can uh, please perhaps consider buying this app. And if you do, no matter what, give me five stars. <laughs> no matter what you actually think about it. I'm not playing games here. Not messing around. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. So it's out there. Yes. People can go to what? AppStat.dev? That make you buy that? Did you buy that? I hope you bought it. Yes, you did, James. I So I, I had the audacity, everyone, to release an app without a custom domain name. And James is like, oh, heck no, you are getting a domain name. And you came up with one on the spot and we bought it. So yeah, appstat.dev. <laughs> so I'm up to four beers. Is that, is that what I'm hearing here? Oh, uh, boy, I don't know. Get the lawyers involved. I don't, I don't like well, to see, do these negotiations. Let's see if this thing makes any money and I'll take, I'll take the first two sales. <laughs> In fact, wait, I already gave you $10. That's two beers right there. I know, you are really bad at business. I hope this app shows you how bad you are at business. <laughs> did, I, did I just pay you to, did I just pay you uh, to, to implement this app idea? Like, did that just happen? Technically, I have a refund button, so we can, we can negotiate. I, I could get myself out of this quandary quite quickly. But yeah, I think you did just pay me. And that's a terrible salary because, yes, I did work a lot of hours on this thing. So I hope you can pay me better next time, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, one day, maybe. I'm I'm excited. Uh, and, and again, this is a very atypical one, just because it was so timely. And uh, yeah, definitely read Frank's blog all about it. Uh, give us feedback. Uh, give, give, I, mean, I don't care. It's not my app. Give Frank feedback on what you want to see. I already gave him my feedback. 
And I'm back. I'm, I've been using the app the entire time that we've been talking about it. And there, there's a bunch of features I want him to go implement right now <laughs> uh, in the application. I'm very excited about it. Uh, but I hope this is very atypical. I remember when um, it wasn't Marco. I think David was releasing uh, his new watch application. They did an entire podcast on the basically this, which was um, how the app came to be, how the development process went, how he was marketing it, uh, how, all the features that were inside of it. And to me, it was very fascinating as an app developer to listen to another app developer talk about their app. It's because it's so personal in a way. <laughs> yeah, I say you, you're not supposed to release an app until you hate it. I haven't gotten actually to that hate point yet, so I'm still kind of in love with it. But yeah, it's very personal. Uh, speaking of uh, Accidental Tech Podcast, I was actually slightly inspired by John Syracuse, who um, has been a longtime programmer, but he was never an app developer. And he just started releasing some Mac apps. And I'm like, you know what? John Syracuse is writing some apps. I, I'm i ostensibly an app developer, James. You know, you are what you do every day, but I haven't been writing apps, so it's time to write an app. And so I was really inspired by John Syracuse. So uh, please go buy my app and then go buy his apps too. <laughs> You're going to spend a lot of money after this episode. I'm sorry, everyone. It's, it's the price of admission. <laughs> Go buy the apps. Go go give it a look. Well, thank you, Frank, for one, building this application and also talking about it for 45 minutes. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for putting off the lightning talks, too. I feel terrible that I, I, I bumped the lightning talks, but we'll, I promise we'll get back to them. They won't disappear from us. And in fact, tell us what topics you want to have covered. Tweet at us at James Montemagno, at Proclarum, at MergeConflict.fm. Go ahead and ping us in the Discord on MergeConflict.fm. Basically, there's billions of ways to get access to us. Let us know what do you want to see on the next Lightning Talks next week. But that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.